Both quarterbacks shine in the Colts' victory over the Houston Texans. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you all for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On. To get started, I'm your host, Zach Hicks, your guys' favorite co-host here on the Locked On Colts podcast. You guys know me from all my film reviews over on HorseshoeHuddle.com. My right-hand man, Jake Arthur, is not here tonight, unfortunately. He is still out celebrating that Colts victory. Look, it has been a long time. I understand Jake still being out celebrating, but his wife and his kid do miss him. So if they're listening, Jake... Please go home. I understand the celebration is 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 going crazy right now, but you know it's just a week two victory. It's just a week two victory. But in all seriousness, Jake is is out tonight. It's just me talking Colts, and you guys know what that means. It is film film review day with Zach Hicks. So again, enjoy the sporadic ADHD mess that is Zach Hicks' only show here talking Locked On Colts. Uh, We're going to dive into the Colts offense in the first segment, talk about uh, especially the quarterbacks. Sorry, we're going to talk about the quarterbacks in the first segment, Colts offense in the second segment. And then in the third segment, we're going to dive into this Colts defense and some of the, you know, promising parts of the defense and some of the more concerning aspects of that Colts secondary there. But to kick it off, let's talk about these Colts quarterbacks. I went back to the film. I watched every snap of Anthony Richardson, which is unfortunately only 18 snaps in this game. Uh, It took place in the duration of the first quarter. And then he left, I believe, at the beginning of the second quarter with that concussion uh, that he suffered on the second drive. So uh, 18 snaps for Anthony Richardson, the young quarterback, young starting quarterback for the Colts. And I will say in those 18 snaps, it looked like we were going to see something special. It looked like we were going to see just a really, really good game from the young quarterback. And it's really unfortunate that he had to leave early. I mean, before he left this game, he had 86 total yards combined through rushing and, and passing. He had two touchdowns already just in that first quarter. So it looked like he was going to have a really strong game. The first two drives went for touchdowns. The next two weren't as great, but again, this was after he suffered a concussion. The offense was still completing passes. It was just bogged down by penalties and stuff like that, but I thought it was a really promising game from Anthony Richardson. That first drive was the smoothest a Colts offensive drive had looked in, you know, since like 2020 with with Philip Rivers. Really, really smooth opening drive where he went down and led the Colts for a touchdown. Had some really nice throws on mesh routes to Michael Pittman Jr. and Kylan Granson. One of those being on third down where they were able to convert it with Kylan Granson for a first. Uh, did some really good job working those mesh concepts. Had a really nice little spot route to Josh Downs that he threw where Downs was able to turn up field and get a first down as well. And then obviously capped it off with that QB draw. The next series comes out one play and he's able to run it in for a touchdown on that beautifully designed Shane Steichen sweep play. Did a great job on that. And even on the next two drives, even though he wasn't able to get much going on those two, he still had some nice throws. Uh, the third down pass to Kylan Granson, great anticipation on the, on the, it was like an all hitches route across the board uh, at the first down marker, really good anticipation to Kylan Granson. Granson just wasn't able to come down with that ball. You know, it was a bit of a tough catch, but it had to be for him to have a chance at making that play. It was an anticipation throw. 
uh, and Richardson put it where it needed to be. Uh, then you go to the next drive and penalties, one being a really crummy penalty call on Quentin Nelson for, you know, false starting, allegedly. Uh, that was one where Richardson on late at the end of, end of that drive on that third down had a really nice drive throw to, to Josh Downs down the field, looked off the zone defender, opened up that hole for Josh Downs on that long third down conversion, which is unfortunately called back due, a, due to a penalty as well. So he was doing some good things in his limited time out there, even though two of those drives came when he was showing concussion symptoms. Cause after that, that fourth drive is when he motioned to the trainer saying, Hey, something's not right here. So uh, Anthony Richardson leaves the game and replacing him is, you know, the people's hero here, Gardner Minshew. I know you guys love some Gardner Minshew and uh, Minshew came in and did the Gardner Minshew thing. <laughs> the most Gardner Minshew thing ever, which is complete just about every single pass only attempt two of his 23 passes over like eight yards down the field. Everything else short of the sticks, everything else short of like five yards. But you know what? If it if it works, don't fix it. You know, Gardner Minshew, again, he's not the type of quarterback who's going to drop back there and dice you up with these intermediate like anticipation throws or with driving the ball to the outside hashes or anything like that. He's the type who's going to read the middle of the defense. He's going to operate the RPO game. He's going to find that quick matchup. And he's going to get that ball out of his hand and let the playmakers do some things. Now the Colts don't have the most, like the most run after catch type receiver. So his yardage was pretty indicative of him throwing it short the whole time, but it was effective. You know, he led three scoring drives for the Colts. I think out of his, I want to say he had six drives in this game. He led three of them for scoring drives, two touchdowns immediately after coming in and then a field goal to start the second half. A uh, really efficient day for him, 19 of 23 passing, 179 yards. Uh, obviously, his highlight of the play was highlight of the day was that throw to Will Mallory on the on the corner route. Really nice throw, and Mallory was able to turn up the field. Had a couple other nice ones too, where pressure was closing in, and he was able to change his arm angle and get that ball out of his hand. You know, the thing is with Gardner Minshew, though, like he's going to keep your offense running. He's going to keep it smooth. He's going to keep it doing whatever your offense can do, like whatever the maximized position of your offense is like whatever your offense is going to be he's going to just get it to that you know he's not going to take it above and beyond or an Anthony Richardson because of his playmaking ability because of his ability in the run game because of his ability outside of structure Richardson can just accentuate the offense so much where Minshew is going to keep it on track he's going to keep it on pace and if the skill position players the offensive line are not holding up he's not going to do much but luckily in this game the skill position players were making plays the offensive line was doing their thing and having a really strong game. So as a result, Gardner Minshew was able to stay really efficient, really effective, and get that Colts offense moving. And that's all you really want to ask out of your backup. So hats off to Anthony Richardson, looking really strong out there in his couple snaps. Gardner Minshew for coming in in relief and operating that offense really well. And then obviously, uh, hats off to Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen had two separate game plans ready for this game. He had Anthony Richardson game plan, which is heavy QB runs, heavy screen game, heavy RPO game, uh, and then a couple of you know more downfield type stuff, which uh, Richardson did miss one downfield throw to Alec Pierce. I'm going to put that on social media. It, was, uh, it would have been so nice if he just stayed on that deep route a little bit longer. But I understand the young quarterback working his progressions, but man, if he was just stuck with that deep route a little bit longer, Pierce has a walk-in touchdown. The Colts are up 21-7. But I digress. Getting back to what my whole point was here. Anthony Richardson had his game plan. Uh, Gardner Minshew obviously had a very different game plan coming in because you can't use those QB runs anymore. You have to lean heavily on the RPO game, heavily on the quick game, heavily on the isolation ball with your receivers. And that's what Gardner Minshew was able to do. So hats off to Shane Steichen for having those two game plans for his two quarterbacks and having two game plans that both worked. 
You know, I, again, I know this Houston Texans team is not that great, but the Colts were not that great last year. The Colts were a really bad team last year. So we can't say, oh, they beat a bad Texans team. Well, the Colts were bad last year. Like it's not, you know, it's, it's, I know they have more talent than the Texans, but there, there's no like too low of a standard for the Colts coming off the year they just came off of. So to come out here and completely control a game with two different quarterbacks playing, I think that speaks so much volume to Shane Steichen as a play caller and as a head coach. So great early win. I love what both these quarterbacks did. Very different type of games from these two quarterbacks, but I really enjoyed what both of them were doing. Coming up, though, guys, we're going to dive into the rest of this Colts defense aside for Colts offense. Sorry. We're going to dive into the rest of this Colts offense aside from the quarterbacks and really dive into which players shined in this one. But first, everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you're not out there just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using code Locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J A S E, medical.com, promo code locked on. And snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 back in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And everydayers, don't worry, Jake will be back. He's, you know, again, he's doing his Mardi Gras of partying right now about this Colts victory. He'll be back for our next show where we talk even more about this Colts-Texans game. And then we start leading in to Colts Ravens and that huge matchup coming up here in week three. All right, my lovely everydayers, we're getting back to it and we're talking all about the Colts offense. Again, we just talked about those starting quarterbacks, Gardner Minshew, Anthony Richardson, both had really solid days. But what about the players around them? You know, we don't just put up 31 points with the quarterback throwing the ball to themselves. Well, you know, Anthony Richardson did run into touchdowns, so maybe a little bit of the quarterback doing it all. But no, I, in honesty, I think this offense had a really good day overall, and it really starts up front with this offensive line. This offensive line who gave up, I have the numbers here, 255 sacks last year, 255 sacks last season, and a million pressures and a million QB hits. I mean, it was just awful last year from start to finish. I know they looked a little bit better down the stretch, but that's because they looked so awful to start the year last year that by comparison, you're going to finish the year better because you can't look as bad as you did with Matt Pryor and Danny Pinter in there as starters. Uh, but no, the Colts offensive line, after allowing so many sacks a year ago, came into this game after allowing four last week. All four were kind of coverage sacks, though, so the offensive line had a pretty solid day. They go into this game, and they allow zero sacks overall. Just one QB hit. I think it was like four pressures overall in the entire game. Uh, I think Will Fries allowed one pressure Bernard Ryman allowed one pressure, and then Braden Smith allowed a pressure and a QB hit. But besides that, 
This offensive line was spotless in this game. They were phenomenal. I know the game plan was was the quick passing game and Gardner Minshew and Anthony Richardson getting the ball out pretty quick. But still, I think this was a really, really strong game from this Colts offensive line. They looked very in control that, at all times. They were moving the line of scrimmage. Zach Moss was able to find some, some area here in the run game, which we're going to talk about him in a second as well. Uh, and overall, this Colts offensive line looked like the Colts offensive line of not 2021, but like 2020 even, or 2019 even, where they were like a really, really good offensive line. I guess they looked a little bit like the run game of 2021 at least, where they were just bulldozing people there. But this was a really, really strong game from the offensive line. Uh, we have some PFF numbers, though, if you guys love some PFF grades. Will Fries had a 90.3 overall grade on the day, which was the only elite grade given out to a guard this entire week in the NFL so far. Uh, so Will Fry's phenomenal day. Ryan Kelly had an 87.3 grade, which is another elite grade there. Bernard Ryman and Brian Smith both scored in the mid-70s, so really solid there. And then Quentin Nelson, he scored a little bit lower than everybody here, but he did have a 90 grade in pass blocking. Uh, he was just unflappable in the pass blocking game. Like, nobody could even move him whatsoever. And for my money, even though he had the lowest PFF grade, it was clear he was the best offensive lineman on the Colts in this game. He looked like Quentin Nelson. I know he wasn't catching bodies in this one. Or he wasn't tossing dudes like he used to, but you know, he was effortlessly controlling guys in the past game, which is what you want to see from Quentin Nelson. Again, I know the Texans don't have the best interior pressure, but he looked like Quentin Nelson in the past game in this one. Uh, Will Fries again, great bounce back game. I mean, not even a bounce back game. He was good last week too, but even better this week, Ryan Kelly, really, really strong game before he left with an injury. Uh, and then Bernard Ryman, Braden Smith, they held it on, held it down on the outside against two good pass rushers and Jonathan Grenard and Will Anderson. So hats off to the offensive line. Really, really strong day overall. And one more thing I want to say about the O-line is Ryan Kelly and Will Fries, whoever the heck that one tech is on the Houston Texans, he was getting driven like five to 10 yards off the ball every single snap. This is why Will Fries got like a 92 run blocking grade because every single combo block or every duo there on the interior Will Fries was just driving this guy along with Ryan Kelly or Braden Smith. It was it was effortless. It was fun. Uh, it, it's fun seeing the Colts offensive line moving guys again. Uh, so really, really strong day from the offensive line. Getting to another player who it's been a tough offseason for him because he's been injured, but he looked like he was going to have a big role coming into the year, and that's going to be running back Zach Moss. We all expected to be the starter when all the Jonathan Taylor stuff was going down. He unfortunately broke his arm in training camp and he just finally got back this week and the Colts gave him like 98% of the snaps in this one. There, there's no slow playing him. He's getting back out there right away. And he had a really strong day, 18 rushes for 88 yards and a touchdown. Not the most burst, not the most explosiveness, not the most speed for a running back, but he's the type of guy who's going to just churn out those positive yards. He's going to run through contact. He's going to turn negative two-yard gains into three-yard gains. He's going to turn three-yard gains into six-yard gains. He's going to turn 10-yard gains into 12-yard gains. You know, they're not going to be these super explosive, highly athletic runs, but he's a guy who's going to run through contact. He's going to push the pile. He's going to keep your offense on track. And that's what the Colts were missing last week, where with Deion Jackson, 13 rushes for, what, 14 yards or 14 rushes for 13 yards. I can't remember exactly what it was. That offense was always in third and long. He was sitting back in third and 10, third and 11, because they couldn't run the ball even somewhat effectively on first down. In this game, 
Zach Moss is giving you, you know, good three to four yards on first and second down, then you're looking at third and two, a third and three, third and four. Those are way more manageable for your quarterbacks who are operating more in the quick game right now. So Zach Moss was just an invaluable player to add back to this. Again, not a banner day, not this elite day, but 18 for 88 and a touchdown, really solid day overall, ran through contact, ran hard, played well. Zach Moss, again, really good game from him, and I'm really happy he's back because the Colts desperately needed that. Uh, getting to a couple pass catchers now, Josh Downs, I think, had his best game, or just best the best he's looked in the entire offseason. You know, he's, he's had some really good moments in the offseason, had some good moments last week as well, but in this game, you could really see him as that quick win just underneath blanket for the offense. It was whenever they needed a first down, if it was third and long or third and medium, or if it was just, hey, we need to get some positive yards here, I'm going to find Josh Downs. It was a really effective day from him. From him, He had a couple of really nice routes out there. And again, he was just that safety blanket, that really reliable safety blanket for the offense, which the Colts really needed. So really strong day from him. Kylan Granson got his first career touchdown. So that was awesome to see. Really nice job contorting to get into the end zone. Michael Pittman Jr. had a really good day as well. Uh, as always, just knows how to get open, knows how to how to get there for the offense. Uh, Will Mallory, in his 11 snaps, had two catches for 49 yards, including the big 43-yard catch uh, on the corner route from Gardner Minshew. Really good play there. Uh, yeah, just an overall really good day for this Colts offense. I don't really have any negatives. I mean, Alec Pierce had a couple catches as well. He had a you know a 20-yard catch. And again, if Anthony Richardson sees him on that post route, we're talking about a near 100-yard day from Alec Pierce because he has like a 65-yard touchdown under to his belt. Like he had beat the corner that bad. It's just Richardson came off it because the, the middle of the field safety had come down a little late. If the middle of the field safety came down a little earlier and Richardson stays on that, we're talking about a 60-something-yard touchdown. It's really unfortunate that he missed it. Uh, but, yeah, we're talking about a really good day from Pierce if that deep ball happens. So, you know, it's just what it happens. It's what life is as a deep ball player. He still had a couple catches in this game. Uh, just an overall really solid day from the offense, though. 31 points. That didn't come by any accident. This offense was moving the ball really well. And they have, you know, their quarterbacks to thank, their running back to thank, their offensive line, and their pass catchers. It was a team effort. Really good game plan as well from Shane Steichen. And you really love seeing this from your young offense. So, Again, I know I've been saying hats off a lot. My hat is off actually for the show here, but hats off to this entire offense for bouncing back and having a really, really effective day. Uh, but coming up, we're going to talk about the Colts defense and how I'm feeling really good about half of the Colts defense, but the other half, uh, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it's done, but I'm a little nervous there. We're going to talk about that here coming up in just a second. Prize picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Prize picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit them in less than 60 seconds, which is great. I don't have to think about it too much. Whenever the less I have to think, the better, guys. So prize picks is perfect for me. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make prize picks a number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Alrighty, my favorite everydayers of all time. Let's dive into this Colts defense, which... A little Jekyll and Hyde at times in this one. There's there's half that I really love about this, and there's half that I uh, 
I don't love as much. So let's start with the positives. This front seven from the Indianapolis Colts, you know, it was it was a type of game where going in it, we were all kind of saying like, oh, if this front seven can't get pressure in this game against all these backup offensive linemen for the Houston Texans, then we have a problem. This is not good. This is this is brutal. They were able to create pressure. You know, they were able to come out and create pressure. I think C.J. Stroud was pressured on over 30% of his dropbacks in this game. Uh, they had six sacks. They had multiple QB hits. I think by my count, too, like if you look at all the players had sacks and QB hits, you know, six different players had sacks. I think it was Jacob Martin, Quiddy Pay, Samson Abukum, uh, Taven Bryan had a sack, DeForest Buckner had a sack, and shoot, somebody else had a sack in there, too. You guys can yell at me in the comments there, but somebody else had a sack in there as well. Um, and then also, if you look at the QB hits, Eric Johnson had one off the top of my head. I remember Grover Stewart had a QB hit. So pretty much everyone on that Colts defensive line, even Dio had, I think he had a QB hit as well. So like everyone on that Colts defensive line had some kind of contribution in the pass rush game in this one. So it was a really, really effective game from this Colts pass rush. They got after it. Uh, and they really dominated a group that they should have dominated, which is these backup offensive linemen for the Houston Texans. Uh, and, you know, just looking at this defensive line in general, too, talking about run defense as well, you know, they allowed 26 carries for 52 yards in this game. And I know that linebackers play a part in that because Desire Franklin, EJ Speed, and Shaquille Leonard are really strong linebackers. But the number one person in this is Grover Stewart. Grover Stewart had an all-pro caliber game in this one and again backup linemen across the board he should be dominating this but like if you go back and watch the film of this game if you watch every run stop the Colts had it started and ended with Grover Stewart being in the backfield somewhere just exploding the play there was no rushing room because of Grover Stewart he was dominating up front it was it was like a borderline abusive watching Grover Stewart in the trenches in this one. And then you add on to Forrest Buckner having a really strong game as well. The linebackers crashing in, Zaire Franklin, EJ Speed, and Shaquille Leonard. I just don't know how you're going to run on this team when Grover Stewart is playing like this. He's playing like a peak Linval Joseph type player right now, which is a guy who was one of the best defensive tackles in the league, like a Snacks Harrison with, with the New York Giants a couple years ago. Uh, that's what Grover Stewart was playing like on Sunday. And that's also what he played like the first week as well against the Jaguars. If he plays the whole season like this, I'm going to be yelling for all pro or at least pro bowl status because he is playing out of his mind right now. He leaves all defensive tackles currently in run stop or no, he's second, sorry, second among all defensive tackles and run stops right now. I think he's like third in tackles overall. Uh, his average depth of tackle Right now is only one yard past the line of scrimmage. So he's making all of those tackles right around the line of scrimmage. Multiple tackles for a loss as well. Oh, and on top of that, he has like three QB hits through two weeks. So he's actually rushing the passer pretty well too. Grover Stewart is having a humongous season. And I know we're supposed to expect this from him, but it's still fun to see. Like Grover Stewart is just a phenomenal player. Uh, moving to the second level, moving to these linebackers, you know, I've seen a lot of people say, like, Shaquille Leonard, where's Shaquille Leonard? Why is he not making these huge plays? We have to we have to kind of temper expectations a little bit, which is hard to say because he's being paid so much money. I understand the frustrations and the concerns there. But right now, you know, he's still coming back from being out of football for over a year. Uh, he didn't play really much at all last year. And obviously, he's had major surgeries twice now. He's still kind of getting his legs under him. And I think if the Colts didn't have two stud linebackers in front of him, it would be easier to get him out there more and, and really see what he can do. But right now the Colts have Zaire Franklin and EJ Speed playing at such a high level of ball. 
that you can take Shaquille Leonard a little bit slower and you can take him off the field at times because these two are just balling out. Now, I don't know what happens if Shaquille Leonard does get up to speed and he ends up looking like Shaquille Leonard again. You have to take one of these guys off on third downs. You know, you can't just go out there with three linebackers all the time. So we'll see what happens if Leonard does get up to speed. But even if he doesn't, like, I know it's heartbreaking to even think about that, but we shouldn't overlook how good speed and Franklin have been playing. Zaire Franklin leads the NFL in tackles right now, and a lot of them are around the line of scrimmage. It's not like he's, you know, being a London Fletcher and tackling guys 20 yards down the field. He's making a lot of plays around the line of scrimmage and in the backfield. EJ Speed is just a, an animal. You know, he had a sack this past game and multiple tackles for a loss. Uh, just some really, really strong play from the front seven of the Indianapolis Colts. And I think this Colts defense is going to go as far as this front seven carries them because the secondary is still figuring some things out. You know, Kenny Moore had a good game. Kenny Moore, I think, was really good in this one, and he's playing like Kenny Moore again, which is awesome. I would love to see him come away with some turnovers to really get back into that Kenny Moore vibe, but he looks like Kenny Moore again, which is great, really strong on the run defense, really competitive in the passing game, coming up and, and hitting people as well. Uh, really like what I'm seeing from him. The rest of this secondary, though, it's it's a better hit or miss. You know, I don't want to I don't want to throw the book at this secondary. I don't want to say that it's over for them because you have to look at the context of the game, you know, from the going into the second half, the Colts were what they were up 31 to 10 after the first drive of the second half. So it was pretty much a blowout at that point. The only way the Colts were going to lose this one is that they gave up like multiple deep shots over the top. So they were sitting back in a very shelled defense. So you have to look at the context of that a little bit, but also, there was so much miscommunication at the second level or at the third level with these with the secondary. There were times where, you know, the rover defender over the middle or just the, the safety coming down in that robber position should be helping on the in-breaking routes and they're not. Uh, there's times where your deep safety should be driving down a little bit quicker when they're noticing that Stroud is trying to get that ball out quicker. But also the outside corners, you know, you need to be more competitive throughout the routes. You need to have more effort throughout the routes. And you just weren't seeing that from any of those other four players. You know, again, Kenny Moore aside, those other four players just did not have a good game whatsoever. Uh, Julian Blackman was pretty competitive, but again, it just wasn't enough from the secondary. And obviously the guy that we've been pointing out is Daryl Baker Jr. And I don't want to dogpile on him any more than what I did on, on yesterday's show. So if you guys want to hear that, go go to the show right after the game where I talked about Daryl Baker Jr. a little bit more in detail, but like, the effort needs to be there. You can't, Like, if you're going to give up a catch, at least make the tackle, you know, or at least play through the hands. And if he's going to make a catch, it has to be a difficult catch on you. We saw that all camp from him where he's going up and he's con- he's contesting, he's competing, he's making physical plays on receivers, even if they're catching it. There's just, I mean, none of these ca- these catches were even contested in this one. And he was getting beat cleanly and off coverage and bail technique coverage. Again, some of it's by design, but also like, be a little bit more competitive. Uh, and then on top of that, again, like a Ronnie Thomas or whatever is not really reading routes well. He's not attacking downhill when he should. I know he's playing a little bit off because they're in the shell coverage, but you want to see just more growth and more development. I know it's early. I know you don't want to freak out too much because, again, the shell coverage and because they're young. But, you know, this Colts front seven is playing so well right now that the secondary needs to hold up their end of the bargain just a little bit. You know, they just need to play a little bit better than what they showed in this this second half uh, this past game. Look, I, again, I know I know it was a blowout. The Colts never dropped below 90% chance of winning the whole second half of this game. So I'm not going to crucify this entire secondary based off of that. 
But through two weeks, you know, we want to see a little bit more from the secondary. I know they're young. I know they're young. But if this keeps up with the guys they're currently rolling out there, I wouldn't hate seeing a Nick Cross rotated in. I wouldn't hate seeing a Jalen Jones or a Juju Brents get in there because, you know, if these guys are going to keep playing like this, you know, you might as well get the more explosive younger guys out there. At least they're going to be making mistakes at 100 miles per hour where these other guys, maybe they're taking plays off and they're looking a little lackadaisical. You know, again, I don't want to accuse people of that on here, but uh, it just wasn't the effort or the competitiveness that you want to see out of a secondary. Again, blowout game, so maybe they were taking it a little easy. I don't want to see that in the young team anyway, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Hopefully they can bounce back next week against a really, really tough Ravens team and a really, really great quarterback in Lamar Jackson, but we'll see. We'll see how it is. I hope the secondary can bounce back, but at least for right now, this front seven that the Indianapolis Colts have on defense, playing out of their mind, really great football players. Again, Grover Stewart is second in the NFL among defensive tackles and run stops right now. Zaire Franklin is uh, first in, in the NFL in tackles with 30 through two weeks. And I think the Colts, I think uh, my, my buddy uh, Ken in there put it on, on social media that I think the Colts have six pass rushers in the top 50 for pressure rate um, for pro football focus right now. It's like Quiddy Pay, Samson Abukum's up there. Grover Stewart's up there. DeForest Buckner's up there. Uh, they're, they're just creating a lot of pressure up front, and we're seeing that on game day. So I really love this Colts front seven. Got to see more out of this Colts secondary. Uh, but yeah, if you guys have any comments or questions about everything I've said today, all the film stuff and just the overall commentary on this past game, please leave them below in the comment section. Every day, as you know, I appreciate your feedback and I'd love to talk with you. If you guys don't get a response on the YouTube comments, please go over to our social medias on Facebook or on Twitter, wherever you listen to your Colts podcast. We'd love to converse with you and talk all about the Colts. And if you guys don't already follow at Locked on Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL and at Zach Hicks too, all on Twitter or on X or whatever the heck you call it. Also subscribe to you, subscribe to our show on YouTube or every list of your podcast. We love your guys' ratings and reviews, and we'll see you guys back here bright and early tomorrow morning. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer.